And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Fintech Insider. Um, I'm Simon Taylor, and here we are at the amazing arena for Terminal's TCF 18, and we need some audience participation. So, audience, give yourselves a cheer. Woo! There we go. Okay, I'm, I'm impressed with that yeah. cheer, Sarah. We can't actually see you, so we're assuming you're there, um, but we're going to solve that in a minute. Um, we've got some, some fun and games in store for you. So, my name is Sarah Kaczynski, um, and today we are bringing you a very special episode of Fintech Insider. We're going to be focusing on Temenos' key theme, which is digital to the core, and we're going to have a revolving panel of guests. Um, they've been hanging out at TCF, so they're going to share their insights with us. Uh, we're going to be covering three main core topics, but not in any way you've seen before. We're going to be covering the state of digital, we're going to be talking about changing business models, and we're going to talk about customer-centric engagement. Very, very good. But before we get into all of that, we have one more host joining us for tonight. Please welcome back Temenos' own Dharmesh Mistry. Woo! Thank you very much, Dom. Like, how cool is this stage? This is one a very epic stage. You guys at the front are missing out, but this stage is awesome, I have to say. It's really it cool. Dublin brought the stage. Moon didn't dance it? or something. Moonwalk, yeah. yeah, yeah. Give yeah. us a moonwalk now. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, Dom. T tell us a little bit more about your role and what you do at Temenos before we uh, crack into the podcast. Uh, my role is Chief Digital Officer, as you heard. Uh, two parts to it, really. First, to understand. Uh, banks and their customers, what digitalization means to them, and also the options that they want to take to implement their digital strategy. And then really the second part complements that, which is to turn that into solutions that we deliver back to them to help them solve those problems, right? Or create those uh, opportunities. Very cool. And how's, uh, how's Dublin gone so far? It looks like it's been pretty good. It's been very good. It's uh, been... Um very interesting, I would say. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh what does that mean? <laughs> we'll find more out about that well, later. 90 minutes of narration. Uh, was, <laughs> nice. Yes. In intense couple Fun. of days. But um, all right, well, let's get started. And uh, Simon, Sarah, thank you. But we love you, but goodbye. Time for the um, guests. And we have uh, two of the big boys of banking coming and joining us here. So um, first up, we have Niall Cameron, who is the global head of corporate and institutional digital at HSBC. Niall, come and join us. Give him a round of applause, please. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and also, we have Mr. Ahmed, who is the COO of Al Masrafi. Come and join us. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, in this section, in the first one going through, we're going to uh, go through one of those topics that Sarah outlined uh, a second ago. So starting with the state of digital, you know, this is a pretty big one to kind of get going with. We could literally go anywhere with this. So like, you guys have got like another four hours to sit here and chat about this stuff, right? Good. That's good. Yeah, okay, great. Um, but Don, why don't you start us off with this? Um, digital to the core has been the message over the last couple of days. What does that mean? What it means is that uh, digital isn't just about a fancy new app or a website, um, about a gimmicky thing at the front end. It's actually you know, the full customer journey, which may be delivered at the front end, but actually is enabled through the back end side of uh, the system. The best demonstration of this was our origination. If you manufacture a product at the back end or the core, then you uh, define it there. And if you have to redefine it at the front end to do origination and needs analysis and form filling, et cetera, then you have a massive time delay in launching products. So if you really want to sell stuff, right, you need to get things out quickly. And that's what uh, a full front-to-back system does. It gives you real agility in digital banking. And that's, you know, we moving at the speed of light in digital, right? Mm. 
What, what about you guys? How, how do you think about this? I know, Nile, we've spoken about this before. Digital end-to-end, -end, does, how does that work? No, I, I agree completely. I think, I think the first stage of digital is a sort of look-good, feel-good stage. And um, I think a lot of banks, are going, you know, small and large, uh, are going through that stage and, and you know, either completing it or getting towards some form of completeness. But the reality is that once that's been established, customers are going to be demanding a lot more. Mm. And they want, to, they, want to, they want to have a service that's a lot more bespoke to them, to what they need. And they also need to have, or they want to have insights. They want to see the intelligence coming from the firm that's serving them. And I think that, that puts a lot of different sort of challenges into the system because, you know, the first stage is, you know, say, this is what we've got and here, here is what it looks like. Uh, and it looks great compared to how it did before. But the next stage is, is being able to react at the speed of light to requests coming in in a bespoke fashion. And I think that really poses a lot of challenges, but it's also very exciting because it gives us a, you know, a lot more depth in the journey. It is exciting, isn't it? Like you say, the, the amounts of new technologies that are coming through and, and globally how the regulation's really sort of changing, it brings so many different opportunities. I, I guess there's quite a lot of challenges as well, though, from a, predominantly, I guess, from a technological perspective. Um, what do you think? Well, first of all, you know, when you want to transform to digital platform or uh, digital to the core, First, you need to differentiate what is channel, digital channel, mm. and what is the platform itself. You can build on the platform. Second thing, you need to know what your customer needs. You don't want to go to a customer and give him sophisticated system or something, and they don't use it. From my experience, I have seen some banks invested heavily in technology, and technology is not cheap, you know? And in the end, the application, nobody's using it. Yeah. So first, you, know, you need to know your segment, what they need, their demography, and uh, choose the right uh, application or digital platform for them. It's amazing how many times that happens, actually. You know, you people spend all that time and forget to check that the customer wants the thing at the end of it. And uh, that has to be the thing that you're risking the most, is getting to the end of a process and nobody caring. But, right. uh, and mostly, you need to select the right partner. Yeah. It's a journey. It's not just one day you will implement an application and that's it. It's, mm. a, it's a long journey. So if you have the trusted partner, you have a partner who can understand your segment, understand your business, each bank have a different uh, penetration to the market. Mm. Some of them, they will go purely mass and retail, some of them for corporate. So you need to choose the correct platform, digital platform, which suits your strategy and your businesses. Mm. And you need to iterate as well, David. This is the key thing. You know, if we go to the, to the old days, we, you know, we would spend, we'd lock ourselves away, spend five years, build a system, and come out with it in a big fanfare. Ta-da! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so open the curtain, and here's your new system. Um, but now you build something that's good, and you take it to your customers, you get their feedback, and then you make it better, you send it to more customers, mm. and you do that iteration process. And that de-risks it as well, yes. you know, because you don't end up with a product that customers haven't appreciated. What, what, what about uh, differentiation? Do you see that just at the front end in terms of the journeys? Because that's where I see all the focus, right? It tends to be like the front end, are we going to have a totally different journey, right? But is there any differentiation we can drive from the back end as well? I think that's coming. I think, you know, as a customer demands more of a bespoke service yeah. and effectively almost needs to get at their data quite often in your systems, um, the ability to do that will be a differentiator. Um, so, and I think also, um, you know, the speed and the, and the combination of different databases and different functionalities will become, you know, a winning proposition. So I think, although the back end not, may not be seen, it's going to be increasingly important to get it right. And I guess on that note, I, uh, the, the dynamic of how you go about this is different. You know, you, to your point around the right partners, you know, is, the, is the requirement moving from 
like you say, build everything yourself to figuring out how you integrate the right partners back into the organization? Well, it says, let's go far away from banking. Look at the Sounds hospital. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah, let's go. Okay. <laughs> Look at the hospital. <laughs> the hospital, what you outsource? You outsource catering, yeah. services, administration, like that. Same thing for banking. If you are focusing on your servicing your customer and uh, uh, producing new product like that, well, give the bread to the cooker. That's it. You know, yeah. if you are a huge bank and you have your huge IT department and uh, innovation center, yeah, it does make sense to maintain it yourself to be unique. But this is, I don't think it will continue, you know, and especially now when we put a digital platform, you will think about robotic, you will think about artificial intelligence, and there where we will go. Yeah. I, 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 uh, just on that question about whether you build, you know, the system yourself or you buy a package solution, right? Um, what, do you, what do you think about, you know, banks need to be technology companies, right? Because if I take that line and being devil's advocate, right, when you had branches, or well, you still have branches, but you're not a construction company, right? So why should you be a technology you know, company? We know we, the way we look at it is, is, is probably slightly different, I think. I completely agree with what you said, but it's a slightly different take on it. We, we look at it as a combination. So we need um, the technology companies and the fintech companies because yeah. they're building amazing things. And I'll see two, three presentations a day from amazing companies with amazing products. And um, you know, that, that ability to integrate that product into your offering, into your client proposition, um, is gold dust. And I, and I think that, that has to continue, and that, that, that can make a bank really powerful. But you do need the technologists inside, because they need to integrate your data systems, they need to make sure the overall architecture works and is sustainable. Um, they need to manage the different estates that grow up as you build these things. Um, so it's, it, I think it's very important to, to understand uh, uh, you know, to have a combination approach, and I think that can make you very powerful. Mm. Yeah. And, I, and I think, that, you know, within both your organizations, I know that there are people who get technology, and I think that's important because actually separating out the, the magic beans from the things that can really, really help you is the difference uh, when you're looking at integration, is the difference between a, a very successful uh, investment and one that, uh, like you say, is something that nobody cares about at the end. But uh, unfortunately, guys, super, super quick, fast, fast fire round. Uh, and on that note, this is going to be wrapping up part one. So thanks for joining us, guys. Um, where can people find more about you now? LinkedIn. Search on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Uh, Mr. Ahmed, where Kobe can people this. find more? Wait, copy copy this. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, all right, give them a round of applause, Thank everybody. You. Thanks very much Thank for joining you. us. Fantastic. Okay, so for something super special and a little bit different for you guys now, me and Dharma are going to leave you, and Simon, Sarah, where are you guys at now? I'm right here, of course. Um, and I'm bringing in something that is a little bit special. You're absolutely right. Something we call the FinTech Wall of Emoji. And you can see the lights have come up in the room because this is all about audience participation. We're going to need you to get loud. I'm coming for you, and I have a microphone. This is a way for you to rank different buzzwords or different ideas of financial technology with our friend with the help of our friendly emoji so what we're going to see is that we have a rather angry face here so we can see angry can anybody make an angry noise for me well that was more of a murmur but i'm going to go with that i'm going to go with the murmur and then we have the not very pleased face not very pleased okay uh, and then we have quite happy face happy sound and extremely happy sound you guys are a happy audience. I like that. I, I like this audience a lot. Now I can see you. I feel a lot better. Okay, can I have the first buzzword, please? 
Okay, the open banking rollout. Many of you are familiar with open banking. This is the idea that we can connect data and payments directly into banking. In Europe, open banking has now started to roll out. Has it got very far? Are we, uh, just make any old noise you want if you think it's not got far enough at all. Okay, so what about the next level? Are we reasonably unhappy with the rollout so far? Okay, so people, are we happy with the rollout of open banking so far? Are we extremely happy about the rollout of open banking so far? I think we have a meh. I think we, we have, have an ambivalence. That sounds like unhappy, if you ask me. I think we are unhappy about the open banking rollout. All right, let's try this one more time. And just make any old noise for where you think this sits. This doesn't have to be an emotional response. Just get loud for where you think the next one sits. So we've done open banking rollout. What about open banking's actual functionality? Has it delivered on its promise? If you don't think it's delivered on its promise, make some noise. Okay, it's, it sounds like some people really don't think it's delivering. What about, it's, it's okay, it's not bad, it's sort of... Okay, and people, not many ambivalent people. Are people happy with the functionality? Do you think this is really going to change my financial life? Okay. okay, not bad. Any, anybody in the audience want to comment on that piece? Sarah is in the audience, as we I can see. I have a microphone. If you avoid my eyes, I will pick on you. <laughs> but you, sir, do you have an opinion on open APIs? Um, yeah, I do, I guess. So uh, Vault, who I think are coming out soon. You know, and if you look at Australia, the lessons learned from what you're seeing in the UK, I think it's bringing you know, the Facebooks, the Googles closer to banking. Wow. And I think that's really instrumental in terms of where that's going. I think the problem is obviously the securitization, the data, how you handle that, especially with all the GDPR emails that I'm currently Absolutely. getting every day. We've got to so, watch uh, out for GDPR. We've got to be really careful about GDPR. Thank you, thank you for so that I comment, we're sir. we're over here. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. So do we think, uh, is anybody extremely happy about the open banking API functionality? Two people are <laughs> extremely happy about the open banking so far. I think that one was happy. So, okay, that's pretty interesting. We're quite happy. All right, can I have the next buzzword, please? <laughs> Given where we are, uh, how many people are really, really, really unhappy with legacy systems? <laughs> oh, controversial. Okay, let's do this. All right, what about just plain unhappy? They can do what they need to do. Okay. Silence. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> uh, what about happy? Are we happy with legacy systems? Oh. <laughs> Coming yes. from the corner there. <laughs> what about extremely happy with legacy systems? Ooh. One person is extremely who's, happy who's with legacy leaving? systems. Do you work for a legacy systems <laughs> vendor, I wonder? Okay. Uh, I think we're extremely unhappy about the legacy systems. And the last buzzword, please. Truly digital core systems. Are we unhappy with those? No, I think that's pretty good. Are we just plain, eh, we're not so sure about those? What about happy? You are. This gentleman right here at the front, Sarah, is okay. happy about that. The Who, gentleman with the glasses up. and the tie right here. Okay, I'm coming. Sarah I'm coming. to get to him. Why are you just plain old happy about Truly Digital? What is it about Truly Digital? Uh, well said. <laughs> really well said. I think you said that well. No, we have to. I think we have to uh, go digital in all the core banking systems now. Yeah. We I think it's, it's, it's even if we stakes. Even if we start at the beginning, we are in the beginning, but we have to go. We have to do it. All right. And last but not least, who's extremely happy with the idea of having a truly digital core system? Oh, yes. 
Brilliant. All right, that sums up our wall of emoji for now. I need to throw back to Sarah, and we have our next guest coming to the stage. Uh, I believe we have Andrew and Dan joining us. So please, ladies and gentlemen, give Sarah and our guests a warm, warm round of applause. Thank you very much. We wanted to let you know that if you love this show, how about seeing it live? We're going to be at Money 2020 Europe in Amsterdam this June, and we're bringing Fintech Insider live with us. We'll be bringing the podcast to the main stage right before the drinks reception, and you can be there. Sign up for tickets now. Go to europe.money2020.com forward slash register and use discount code 1811FS. That's 1811FS to get 200 euros off the ticket price. I am welcomed by Andrew Clouston, who is the Chief Customer Officer at Vault. We just had some commentary on Australia, so we can get into that in a minute. Um, and Dan Dickinson, who is the Chief Digital Officer at EQ Bank. So I'm going to run straight into this, changing business models. Um, there's so much to discuss here. Yeah. Let's go back into open banking. So have those open banking and also the Australian version and you know, the other versions around the world, have they changed the speed at which banks want to become more digital, do you think? Well, we don't have open banking in Australia yet, obviously. That's, um, that's about a year away. We've been a little bit slow out of the blocks. Uh, it's definitely got the potential to um, change business models, the way we, the way we um, do business in banks. But I think one of those things we have to really focus on, which may have been a shortcoming in, in this part of the world, is I'm not really sure customers have been explained what the benefit is to them. I'm not exactly sure customers understand what they're going to get out of open banking, and therefore the uptake's been a bit slower than it should have been. Okay, Dan, thoughts? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm in a market that doesn't have open banking yet, so I'm, I'm, uh, this is one of the few times when I'm like, come on, regulation, more regulation. <laughs> like, I need this regulation to come through. I'm you'd a big you'd believe, like some open banking. I'm a, I'm a big believer in this. I absolutely need this to, to get there. The government signaled that it's coming. It's just a matter of uh, when, in my opinion. So, yeah, this will be the only time that you actually hear me stump for more regulation. <laughs> <laughs> so, Damesh, um do you want to kick us off here with uh, how much of a threat do we think the Asian tech giants, um, and GAFA for that matter, again, we have been mentioned, this is tying in beautifully, posed to the traditional banks, and what impact is that going to have on the banking models going forward? Wow, uh, we're still talking about GAFA, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, look, the, the different players offer different things to the banks. Sometimes, you know, uh, we already see with Amazon, they're partnering with banks, right? Um, yeah. We see that, uh, and that's really uh, them playing a distribution, taking payments, etc. right? Uh, we see that um, with Google, they're working with banks on analytics and algos, right, and providing real leverage on their expertise in that space, right? So we've seen them working in the fraud detection space, in the KYC AML space, and they're working in uh, customer engagement spaces in, in, for different banks too. So the models are quite different. I think the direct kind of threats may come from China, but then it's got to be seen whether they can address a, you know, a European or American market, right? So that is a big challenge for them, right? I, I still yeah. think anyone who actually makes profit from payments or advisory services should probably be quite worried about those profits. Yeah, yeah I think one of the things that they all have too is they have, they have screen time. Mm -hmm. So they have screen time with the customers you know, on an hourly basis and you know, that's, that's going to be hard to take away from them. Speaking of which. 
Um, so we're talking about Speed Bear, and you know, I think that the two initiatives we've covered there, we're talking about things that are going to be moving faster. Um, you know, for you guys, obviously, that's somewhat easier than maybe some of the people in the audience. Um, how much is that um, being prompted by you know, regulation and things, and how much is that being prompted by the speed at which things can be done? So real-time payments are a thing, guys. Is that, um, is that pushing as well, the banks that will move things, speed things not up? That's not a thing in Australia yet. Uh, <laughs> once once again, true. we're a bit slow out of the blocks. Uh, we have got a new initiative at the moment uh, to bring that into markets, mm -hmm. desperately needed. Um, you know, people should be able to move their money around at the speed they choose, not at the restrictions of a legacy infrastructure system like we have. Yeah, to, uh, to be clear, I mean, we're all catching up. All those jurisdictions introducing faster payments are catching up to the customer expectations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at the same time, we're, we're banks, a lot of us in the room, and so we've got to be careful. There's, there's this quote that I always go back to, which is, um, you know, fast is fine, but accuracy is everything. Now, the context for that was Wyatt Earp, who was shooting at somebody else. Um, so, slightly different context, but it's, it's something to keep in mind. We have to be, you know, careful to make sure we get it right, um, and it has to work perfectly, even if it has to be instant. Yeah, and I think it, it needs to look a lot further than purely domestic as well. Mm -hmm. uh, like, the world is very global now, and the ability to be able to move money around, you know, instant payments globally is, is going to be an important, important part of our banking future. And, and for the big guys, you know, you, you guys are both uh, sort of challenges, if you like, um, for the big guys out there, do you think that the, they're going to have to start rolling out competitive products faster as a result of all of this? Are they going to have to get their innovation hubs moving quicker and actually, I know you said you want to get something out there that's good as well as fast. Um, you know, think the big guys have to do that as well? I think they'll have to. I'm kind of hoping they don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, frankly, that's one of the advantages we do have is we're, we're pretty quick and, and, and nimble. We just don't have the size. I mean, they are very big battleships that take a long time to turn, but when they turn, you're in trouble. Uh, so I, I think it's really incumbent on, on players like us to, to hopefully move the market a little bit uh, and, you know, try to catch up to that customer expectation and draw yeah. them up. And I, and I think the biggest challenge that the uh, larger organisations have is, is not so much technology, it's really the culture. Okay. And it's really that culture and the, and the, and the legacy thinking and the processes they need to go through to actually you know, make a change at rapid speed and actually move with the market, or even, if they could, move ahead of the market, which is not happening at the moment. It's a bit technology. <laughs> <laughs> I'm customer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we talked a little bit there about you know, open APIs and we're talking about new products and competition. And what about the idea of an ecosystem? So um, I don't know, you know, you guys are thinking about bringing in uh, products from partners. You know, you're creating an ecosystem of, um, of products that are delivered by the people. Is that something that you would like to do? And also, how difficult is that? Look, yeah, it's definitely something we're doing. We're, we're very focused as a business um, on customer journeys. And on, I don't mean customer journey just for the acquisition of a product. It's for a, a journey through a period of their life. And that means that in excess of 75% of the products that we supply will be non-financial services products uh, because we really want to support that, support that journey and uh, as they go through that journey, a consequential need along the way will be financial services which will be there to actually provide those for them. So absolutely. But, but what about um, in terms of uh, the size of the banks that you have, right? Um, surely there's a limited spend in trying to create an ecosystem, right? Uh, if you're a HSBC, maybe you could uh, create an ecosystem based on 100 million customers. That would be an attractive proposition for fintechs to uh, go to. But in a smaller bank, you know, how are you going to create an ecosystem? Well, it, it depends on what part you want to play uh, in that ecosystem, I think. You know, am I going to try to compete with Tencent in terms of you know, the breadth <laughs> of what they can do? Probably not. Um, but what we can provide, and you know, this was in the video yesterday, banks provide that safety and assurance. So if, if that's what I can bring to sort of the, you know, the baseline of a marketplace and provide that service, that might be what we do, right? That's absolutely what I've been thinking about and building toward for the last year. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, sorry, Damish, quick. 
a very quick one. So uh, very much our proposition was that we build the ecosystem for the banks, right? And that's very yeah. much a proposition, you know, that we brought to market three years ago, and it's flourishing now, right? Fast time to market for a new ecosystem. Brilliant. Absolutely. Well, on that note, that wraps up part two. Thank you very much for joining us, gentlemen. Where can people find out more about you? Do you have Twitter, perhaps a LinkedIn? Uh, I do. I'm on uh, Twitter, Digital Bank Guy. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> LinkedIn, uh, <laughs> Vault Bank. You'll find us there. Thank you so much, both of you. Um, you. Let's give them a big round of applause as they head off back into the wings. Right. Okay. We are going back to that emoji wall. You know what's coming now. Um, so, David, Simon, where are you guys? Everybody remembers the emoji wall, right? Everybody wants to go home, right? <laughs> All right, let's get through the emoji wall. This is going to be fun. We've got four more to get through. And I'm going to warn you, David is really big about eye contact, so if you try and avoid him, he will get you. So make sure you're watching David at all times. Definitely going to be picking on somebody who doesn't make eye contact. So. Definitely going to be picking on somebody. All right, can I have the first buzzword, please? Tech giants becoming banks. Do we think this is realistic, or is that extremely unlikely? We think, no, that's never going to happen. Ooh. People think that tech giants could become banks. All right, what about uh, they're probably not going to become banks? The next one along, they're probably not going to be banks. Ooh, so a few people. What about uh, they probably will be banks at some point? That's quite likely. Wow, okay. And what about it's almost certain these guys are definitely going to become banks? Wow, okay. So probably between those last two, David, you've taken a seat. Oh, well, I thought I'd just come and join this gentleman here and see what he has to say. But he ju did just whisper to, whisper to me, don't give it to me. So let's see how this goes. So uh, yeah, okay. What, what do you reckon? Tech giants becoming big banks? No, no chance. Never? Never going to happen? No. You work at a big bank? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever answer questions with more than one word? Yes, I do. <laughs> and on that note, in generally, do you think it will happen or not? Uh, do they, do they have the trust of, of clients? Do they have the, the data to make that work? Um, I don't know if they have the insight. Do they have the trust? I think it's a fair question. Fair we we yeah. saw a study uh, some time ago where uh, user opinions were ranked and Amazon was just behind a lot of the banks. I think it's starting to get close. But we've got to move on. What is the next buzzword, please? Fully digitized ecosystems. Does anybody even know what this means? OK, are we unhappy with the idea of stupid buzzwords? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. What about the idea of stupid buzzwords? Eh, we can get with them. We see why they exist. No, okay. This, this is pretty unanimous. I'll ask, is anybody happy with it anyway? Some people, you work in marketing? <laughs> <laughs> um, lastly, are we very happy with stupid buzzwords? You also work in marketing, I can see. Okay, uh, the next uh, idea, please. I think. Uh, if we could have the next buzzword. Cloud services. This is probably, it's got to be table stakes, right? I don't mean to lead the witness, but are we extremely unhappy with the value cloud services could deliver? Ooh, you could hear a pin drop. Uh, what about, uh, they've not really delivered yet. We're not really sure. Wow, okay. We're quite happy with them. One person is really happy here at the front. Um, <laughs> yes, that was a really strange <laughs> sound you made. <laughs> and uh, who's extremely happy with the idea of cloud services? Yeah. All right, David, anybody you saw there that was trying to yeah. avoid you? Yeah, yeah I've got that, a guy. That, David, you found somebody. Yeah, he's at the back. He literally put his hand up in the services of cloud services. So uh, how's it going, Momo? <laughs> Good. <laughs> I love how David just sits next to somebody, by the way. That's 
You can't see this. So, what, so what's going on? Cloud services. I think it has uh, great potential, um, and it's really picking up. Uh, picking up. I, and within the African space, I think I think definitely with the volumes that we are facing in the mobile space, we really need the cloud services. But they need to come on ground and see what's happening because they can't get to know what to do if they are somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, so the cost saving is really important, but there's operational issues day to day that we need to be cognizant of. All right, last buzzword, please. Customer-led innovation. This is when the customer drives innovation rather than we just buy whatever tech one of the big consultancies is selling at the moment. So are we really, really unhappy with the idea of customers letting, letting customers drive innovation? Are we, eh, customers don't really know what they want anyway. <laughs> customers should drive innovation, shouldn't they? Customers really should drive innovation, shouldn't they? Yeah, they absolutely should. Okay, we will come back to the wall of emoji at the end of the show, but we have to move on to our next section. Please thank David, my uh, esteemed guest, for helping out there. Okay, and I'd like to invite to the stage uh, Fred and Manoj. Could you join me, please? Oh, and of course, Dharmesh is back. <laughs> Welcome back, Dharmesh. How are you doing, sir? Do you You're have a good break there? Rid of me. You're feeling good? You're feeling excited? <laughs> Got a few more questions to get through. But first, uh, Fred Cook, you are the CIO of Blue Shore Financial. Welcome to the show. Correct. Thank you very much. And uh, Manoj, you're the Managing Director, <laughs> Head of APAC Private Banking for Credit Suisse, I believe. Yes, I am. Welcome to the show. Okay, so we got a couple of quick questions. But first one I want to ask is, like, how much of digital innovation and banking business models is really customer-led? Do you think that we're still being a bit tech-led? No, I think um, customers are demanding uh, simplified experience. Um, they want a holistic experience with the bank, and that's driving the innovation. I don't think a customer comes in and asks the bank to be innovative. They basically say, I want transparency, um, I want simplification in the experience you provide, and I want an omni-channel experience that is consistent Do across all. Do customers say, I want an omni-channel experience? Like, has a customer ever said that to you? Not specifically, but they, tell, <laughs> but they do say, they tell the RM that if I, I'm in the wealth space, they say, if I'm going to see information on the digital channel, I better have the same consistent So it's data. really about that consistency. That is, and, yes. And, and that context. Fred, yeah. how about you, uh, You know what? Uh, Customer-centric, full stop. Yeah. Um, it's really about starting the journey, looking at the customer in the center, and then working your way out. And then when you talk about you know, what the customer wants or doesn't want, I think the next stage is how you wrap your brand experience around that customer journey. But can we do that? I mean, Damish, if, if banks are getting rid of branches, how are we maintaining that human relationship in a digital age? So uh, just a couple of things there. One is that uh, even some of the digital banks like Hello and uh, MBank opened up branches be having started as a pure digital. Yeah. So this fallacy that branches are all going to go is a fallacy at the mm. moment, right? Um, it may happen, but it's going to be a number of years. But um, clearly, there is a need to drive engagement online. It's the easy, the, it sounds easy, but you just need to be able to proactively drive engagement. So not just wait for an instruction from the customer to say, oh, I want to see my balance or uh, pay my bill, but actually tell the customer that a bill is coming up, your salaries come in. It's that intelligence about what's yeah. going to happen in the future instead of looking through the rearview mirror, I'm looking through the windshield. Exactly, exactly. It's a bit of that and also 
you know, you know, proactively trying to understand what the customer journeys are, et cetera, getting in early and driving the engagement. It's a conversation, right? Yeah. So we take out the person, put in an intelligent brain in the middle, and then drive engagement. Right. It's interesting when you ask uh, customers you know, uh, certain questions like, do you like their bank? They tend to go, yeah, bank's all right, I guess. But if you ask them, like, how do you manage your money or how do you manage your business on a month-to-month -month basis, all, suddenly all of these problems start coming out. I mean, manager, have you yeah. got any examples of that? Yeah, I mean, I think fundamentally, you know, the customers, we want the customers to be empowered to manage their financial wealth. Um, in, in, in the wealth management space, I mean, ultra-highs or even high-net-worth customers, you know, we're always basically... Uh, managed through the RM. So we're basically now trying to empower them through the digital channel and giving them that sort of experience that they can actually see all the resources of the bank. But we are also trying to shift as a bank to be more holistic with the type of services we offer. It's not only about wealth. It's about, if it's about their health. It's also about philanthropy, uh, looking at their view, looking at the whole lifestyle. It's really, I mean, I guess wealth is that one area where you've had to understand somebody's entire life for a lot longer than most of retail banking. You're, yeah. you're much more involved in um, intergenerational planning. You're much more involved in things like, uh, are they going to be looking at their property portfolio? What, uh, what are these customers passionate about in terms of for-purpose investing? There's, there's a whole lot of stuff there. But Fred, can digital tools really help us with that? Is, it, is digital just there to reduce cost? Or is it actually making a difference on service? I, I think it's to carry on the conversation when you're not there. And I think the other thing is that we tend to get wrapped up with what's banking transactions versus what are financial transactions. Mm. Manoj kind of hit on it a little bit there. It's like, yep, exactly. you know, what my budget, paying bills, those kinds of things. Those are just everyday banking kind of transactions, very digital, very easy to do. But I really want to have a conversation about family wealth and how I transfer that wealth. Mm. Yeah, I want to come in. And we, we have a saying at Blue Shirt, we talk about, you know, high tech, high touch. We think there's a blend in there someplace. Uh, that people want. They, they want to know that they can come and talk about when there's been a, a change in, in, in sort of their life or where it's, where it's going. You know, kind and Dharmesh, how do you make tech really to help the bank itself and the people within the bank build those human relationships? Because it feels to me like the early versions of digital may have a little bit sort of created a distance in a relationship between the customer and the people. Can we start to close that now and how do you think about doing that? I think, I think the answer's in the data, right? So everything is, the more you know, the closer you can get to the customer, right? You mm. need to understand not only you know, their product holdings, but uh, their goals, their purposes, their life stages, marry that together into uh, you know, a purposeful uh, engagement. And, and once you've understood their goals, can you understand the ecosystem they're interacting with? I mean, Manoj, do you see yourselves becoming part of their lives digitally in terms of the other services they're using and those other platforms? Exactly. Um, we definitely see ourselves doing so because, as I said, you know, we're trying to branch off from just managing their wealth to you know, looking at the health, um, looking at the philanthropy, mm -hmm. on what they exactly want to kind of social invest in. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, a lot of those are additional services that we're looking to kind of provide and bring that into our ecosystem. So, you know, we are building a digital platform and a digital ecosystem that we can integrate a lot of these other third-party services into it to provide that holistic banking service to our clients. So, so Fred, how do you think about where this is going? And, and are you seeing many good examples of this? And, and you know, where are we at and where do we need to get to? What's the, what's the gap between where we are now and where we get to? I think the gap lies in not matching up a customer's lifestyle and understanding where they want to go mm -hmm. with what our digital tools are doing for them. We all talk about you know bots, but are they intelligent bots? What are they doing? Are they talking to your customers or are they talking to prospective customers? Well, bots for the sake of bots you know, doesn't help anybody, exactly. does it? And 
actually, so, again, is that well, introducing... And, and I, I want to talk about what Darmesh was talking about, what, about the data. I mean, we really have a lot of information that we need to take advantage of. And we certainly have an opportunity to, to get deeper in dialogue and have a better conversation with the customer. So at 11FS, we talk about uh, digital riches, and the H in digital riches is about the human. Uh, and actually, if you're going to be digital, you have to have that human experience. And is a bot a human experience, or is chat something that people want, but actually they want to be close and human and real and maybe even use emoji, yeah. who knows? Well, and also, like, <laughs> who are, who's your I customer? So. Like, are they, do they relate I'm gonna to take that? that like, back. what's your brand? How yes. does that fit? And so, yeah, for the sake of just saying we've got to be able to be competitive because everybody else has it, well, maybe your customer profiles don't suit that. Yeah, I, you know, I, how do you align that? Absolutely, yeah. it's about yeah. that customer profile. All right, on that note, that wraps up part three. So thank you, Fred, <laughs> for joining us. Where can people find out more about you? Right cool now. Jazzer on Twitter, you know, big music fan, so you can go check me out there, LinkedIn, and of course, at uh, Fred Cook at uh, blueshirt.com, yeah. All right, and Manoj, how about yourself? Call me. Uh, <laughs> no, you can find me on LinkedIn, Manoj Bujwani, or Manoj.Bujwani at creditswiss.com. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, please thank give you. them a round of applause. <laughs> thank you. All righty, I need David and Sarah. David, Sarah, how are you feeling? We've had an enjoyable session. It's been really good fun. And I've got to meet the audience. I never get to meet the audience. <laughs> I know. David was good sitting next to the audience. I'll be honest, I'm not sure they wanted to be met. Slightly over familiar there. It was. It was good. But it was, it's been fun. Like, uh, that hour went reasonably quickly, mm. didn't that it? That went like, really phew. fast. Um, so that brings us to the conclusion of the show today. Uh, and we've learned quite a lot of stuff, haven't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. Dom, do you want to have a bash at giving us a bit of a summary? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so, on, I think what we heard initially was that uh, there was a general agreement that end-to-end uh, -end digitalization is the way forward, that this is not about either just the core or just the front end, but really operation, you know, getting operational efficiency to free up capital to drive innovation, right? So it has to be an end-to-end -end thing. Um, I think we heard on the ecosystem side of things that um, yes, we have to do that ourselves, right? We have to build ecosystems to compete with the likes of the big players, but also, you know, uh, some of the bigger banks. Um, then I think on the experience side of things, I think, you know, we're trying to drive uh, uh, engagement through technology. It's take some of the principles that we've learned out of the human interaction, put it into the technology through data. Um, I think that's my summary, right? Well, what, I want to know add? what we learned from the audience yeah, regarding okay. our emoji wall. So if I can ask the, uh, the text to put the emoji wall up and maybe we bring the audience back into this. Yeah, right. I think we learned that uh, we really, uh, we're not convinced by the open banking rollout. Um, the open banking APIs we're a little bit happier with. Legacy systems, ooh, they, they did not do well, did they? Um, but, uh, the, and the fully digitalized ecosystems, well, maybe I just had a bit of fun with buzzwords there. Apologies, <laughs> people in the marketing. Go ahead, David. I love legacy systems. You love... <laughs> it's more opportunity for Terminus. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, what tech giants becoming banks, people think, is more or less inevitable. I think that was a pretty mm. interesting idea. Uh, cloud services and customer-led innovation are going to be key. I think there's some really interesting points there. Mm. Thank you, audience, for a great bit of feedback. We really appreciate it. Um, and on that note, sadly, we have to go. So that wraps up today's show. But thank you so much to all our guests, Niall, Andrew, Ahmed, Fred, Dan, Manoj, and of course, Darmesh. Wow, did we get through that many guests? I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
thank you to Temenos um, and the TCF18 event folks for having us. It's been amazing. We hope the audience enjoyed the show. Please do look up 11FS on social media or search for Fintech Insider on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or iTunes. Um, and check us out because if you like what you heard today, we do three podcasts a week and you can listen to us on the flight home. So <laughs> thank you very much for listening. This has been Fintech Insider Live. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you.